Welcome to the 2019 Christmas Q&A. Merry Christmas, poker peeps! So welcome to my Christmas Q&A episode. The song that's playing right now, it's called Hurry Christmas from a Japanese band called Lark and Chiel, which actually means the rainbow in French. Now, I hope you enjoy it, even if maybe you can't understand uh, <laughs> the lyrics of the song, right? Christmas is a perfect time to reflect on everything that's happened over the past year and to think about the future. So 2019 has been an incredible year, one of the best of my life, and definitely the best in the life of smart poker study. And I truly owe it all to you. All of you who listen to the podcast or watch my YouTube videos, or you visit the website and you read the show notes there, I owe you so many thanks. So thank you all so very much. And all of you who support the show by purchasing my books or webinars or products that I recommend, I owe you a huge debt of gratitude as well. And, of course, I am super grateful for all the members of the Poker Forge. I owe all of you a humongous thanks. If I ever see you in the halls of the Rio, I'll definitely give you a big fat hug. Now, the Poker Forge was a huge change for Smart Poker Study in 2019. And because you jumped into the Forge and stayed with me through December, you've helped me make this a humongous success. So thank you very much, and thank you everyone else who has supported the show in 2019. Now, looking ahead to 2020, I think I'm going to be busier than ever, and I'm going to put out more for you to learn in terms of podcasts, another book, um, just just so much videos this next year. Like, I'm going to continue with The Forge, and every month will be a brand new theme geared towards turning you into the poker player that you want to be. I'm going to release my new book, Post-Flop Online Poker. Hopefully that'll be done by the end of February. I'm planning on two new courses. I'm going to update the website. Uh, I'm going to continue with the Smart Poker Study weekly podcast, but I'm going to also add new types of episodes. Like if you remember last year, I did a lot of MED Monday and Walking Wednesday episodes. Well, next year, I'm going to incorporate a new theme to some brand new bonus episodes going out every week. So stay tuned for that. And uh, cheers to all of you. And thank you very much for a great 2019. And here's to an even better 2020. Alrighty, now on to the poker questions. We have two of them today. One is from Dale and one is from Chris. Now, I answered these live questions, or I I answered both of these questions live in last week's Q&A for uh, the PokerForge.com members. So they've already heard these, uh, but for all of you listening, this is brand new stuff for you, right? So please visit show notes page for a link to the YouTube video for Hurry Christmas by Lark and Chiel, as well as uh, the show notes for this episode. Alrighty, gambate! So this first question comes to us from Dale. Here's what he said. If a villain has reasonable HUD stats and his bet river stat is 50%, is there a way to determine, i.e. add a pop-up stat to see his win rate when betting the river, for example, is there a way to determine if he's bluffing or not? This month, I have an 82% win rate when betting the river, 
but 54% winning when calling. If I could see this same information on my opponents, I could make pretty easy decisions. Is it possible, or do I just have to look in the database and include it in my notes? Alrighty, thank you very much for that question, Dale. And now, the short answer is yes. The only way to really exploit these opponents is to pull them up individually in your database, look at their showdown hands, their betting, their raising, their calling hands, and see if you can't find mistakes on them to figure out ways that you can exploit them on the felt. Uh, Add notes to their player note editor so that when you're playing against them, pull them up so you could figure that out, right? But there are two different statistics that might help you out. The first one, I don't know how to make it successful or to make it useful, but you might find a way. The statistic is called Seabet River Success. What this statistic does, and it, it might be strictly for Poker Tracker 4, hold a manager might have a stat like it, but this Seabet River Success tracks the times that they make a bet, which yields in everybody folding. Now, I haven't found a way or figured out a way to really make it useful and exploit players with a high or low Seabet River success percentage, but you might be able to. All right, the other statistic that I think will help you out, Dale, and this one is very useful. It's called one at showdown percentage after calling the river. Or in Poker Tracker 4, it's WSD percentage after call river. Now, this statistic tracks the frequency of winning the pot after you make a call. So if somebody's really high, like 70, 80% or so uh, with this statistic, that means when they make the call, they win 70 or 80% of the time. So they're making good calls. They call when their top pair is ahead, when their two pair, when their set is ahead, kind of a thing, right? Which means most likely they're folding a little bit more often than other players because they know their hand is no good. So it's very possible you could bluff these high one at showdown after calling the river players. Now, let's look at the other spectrum. Really low, 10, 20% winning after calling. Well, these players are calling stations. They just cannot fold a top pair hand. They can't fold two pair when there's three to the straight or four to the flush on the board kind of a thing, right? These players cannot be bluffed. So when you find somebody with a very low one at showdown percentage after calling the river, you want to strictly value bet and value bet big. They are calling. They don't care about what your hand might be. They just look at their hand strength and they call. If you have something that beats a lot of their calling range, if you have top two, if you have a set, if you have a low straight kind of a thing, go ahead and value bet big against them because they're giving you value. But by the same token, because they're calling so often, they're handing you value hand over fist, that means you should not bluff them. If they ain't folding, you ain't bluffing. Remember? Alrighty, Dale. So one last thing. For every question I answer, I love to give an action step for you to take. Because, you know, I'd like to think I give you some good advice you know, when answering the questions, but taking action is how you are really going to learn from this. So what I want you to do, Dale, and everybody else, if you suspect somebody is either good or bad at betting on the river or calling on the river, and if they're a reg player, like you have one or 2000 or more hands against them, pull them up in your database, start reviewing their showdown hands, especially hands where they bet, they raised, or they called on the river. Your goal is to go through those hands, find the mistakes that that they are making, and then figure out ways to exploit their mistakes. If they're calling way too frequently, great, value bet big, and don't bluff against them. If they call infrequently, but every call they make is good, 
then there's a pretty good chance that you can exploit them by bluffing a little bit more often, especially on scary boards if they haven't shown any aggression or shown that they really like their hand up until that point. Alrighty, thanks again for that question, Dale. So question two today comes to us from Chris, uh, and here it is. One skill I need to work on is making hero folds. I feel like I have great hand reading skills, but I always call the river when I know I'm beat. Because, and then he puts this in quotes, because he could have ace-king. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that question, Chris. And yes, this is something, we do this all the time. For whatever reason, we often put players on ace-king. It's just one of those automatic hands. They raise preflop, ace-king is in the range. They bet flop turn, they check the river, ace-king is in the range, right? That kind of thing. And the interesting thing is we put them on ace-king so often, and they end up turning over ace-king quite often as well, right? I think the reason behind this is because we know how we play ace-king. As soon as we see an opponent making those exact same plays as us, we know they have ace-king, right? But then oftentimes, because we constantly put people on ace-king and they show that they have ace-king, we often think that they just automatically have ace-king. And that causes us uh, to call when we know we shouldn't, right? If they don't have ace-king, what else are they betting? Oh, they're betting two pair. They're betting a set here. And then we call anyway, right? Well, here's the first thing, Chris. Do not call them hero folds anymore. Never use that name. Don't give them any kind of special significance, right? They are nothing special. When you know you're beat, you're beat. If you have pocket aces and it comes down a pretty dry flop and your opponent check raised you all in on the river, yeah, there's a good chance your pocket pair is beat. It's nothing special. All you have is one pair. He's check raising you all in, telling you that he has way better than just a one pair hand. It's time for you to fold it. Not always, but quite often, right? So there's nothing special about folding when you're beat. The next thing is you need to train yourself to start making those folds when you've analyzed the situation and you're pretty sure, you know, after asking asking and answering the question, what are they doing this with? If they're only doing it with a better hand, don't put them on ace-king. Don't hope that they're bluffing, right? Don't call, but fold or raise if you can get them to fold as well, right? But do not call when you know that you are beat. Now, you're going to have to train yourself to do this because currently, calling is what you've trained yourself to do. You've trained yourself to call when you hope that they're bluffing. When you think you there's a small chance that you're ahead. All these years, all these months, however long you've been playing poker and making terrible calls, you've trained yourself to make terrible calls. So you're going to have to fight that impulse right now, right? Here's what I want you to do. First, tag and review Ever River call where you lost the hand. And afterwards, so, you know, you make a call. I think I'm ahead. I might be behind, but I'm going to call right now. You call, you lose. Bam, with Poker Tracker 4, you use the tagging function and tag that hand right away. In your next uh, study session the next day, do a full hand reading exercise, right? Whatever the action is preflop, assign them a preflop range. And then through the streets, flop, turn, river, narrow the streets or narrow their range based on their action through the streets. And then ultimately, when you face that river bet and then you click that call, ask yourself, why did I call? If the reason you called was, oh, because he could have ace king, I hoped he was bluffing. My top pair should be good some of the time, right? If those are all the reasons why you could make a call, then, you know, 
the goal behind asking yourself, why did I call is to figure out where you're making your mistakes. What is the mental space that you're in? What are those um, uh, poker mental game issues that are causing you to make bad calls? So ask that question. The other question that you want to ask when you face that call and you're reviewing your hands, what hands am I ahead of that they are betting? Now, this is a great question because when you train yourself to ask and answer this question on the felt or off the felt, you're going to be doing it more on the felt. So what hands am I ahead of? He check raised me all in. Am I really ahead of him with my pair of aces here? Does he have ace king on this king high board? Possibly not. If he waited until the river to finally wake up with some aggression, he has trips or two pairs somewhere and the board is finally dry enough and he thinks he's ahead of you, right? So always ask and answer that question. If when you ask the question, if he has like 30 different hands that you are ahead of that he's betting, sure, it was a good call, especially if you did the full hand reading exercise and you see that there are still decent hands in his range. And of course, because you're studying these hands off the felt, take player notes on what they bet and with what sizes, right? You may find a player who bets half pot or one third pot with bluffs and two thirds and three quarter pot for value. Great. When you spot that, take a note on it so you can exploit that information in the future. Alrighty, and of course, Chris, like I said before, I love to give action steps with every question I receive. So here's what I want you to do. Review 60 river calls that you made. So filter for just call any bet or call any raise and go through all 60 hands and do it pretty quickly to see what strength they bet, right? Uh, If you add saw showdown with your call, of course, you're going to see showdown. You're going to know exactly what the bet what you're going to do is keep track of the number of bluffs and the number of value bets. And I'm pretty sure out of the 60 river calls that you made, at least 80% are or 48 are going to be your opponent bet or raised for value. At most, 12 hands or 20% of the 60 is going to be as a bluff. Most likely out of 60, it'll be like five bluffs total, truly. So go through and uh, take a look at those hands just to give yourself an extra way to finally learn to fold when your opponents are showing a ton of aggression on the river because they often do that only when they have a hand. If they have a hand they're not sure of, a mediocre strength hand, they're most likely just calling. Alrighty, make sure you head on over to www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 271 for the show notes and related links to everything I discussed today. Once again, Merry Christmas. Thank you so very much for your support through 2019 and beyond into 2020. I really do appreciate all of you. Thank you so very much. Alrighty, until next time, study smart. Play much and make your next session the best one yet.